This week on the Omni Weekly. We have Scott Johnson, the host of the Instance podcast, on the show this week. We talk about his career as a podcaster and content creator. We also discuss what is happening at Blizzard right now. And LP is back with one of his notorious questions. Welcome. The Omni Weekly. Welcome everyone, it's January 18th and this is episode 47 of the Omnic Weekly. I'm D and I'm joined by Hannah. Hi! And by LP! It's your boy, LP to the knee. He is back! He wasn't here last week, so but we're really happy to have him back. This week, we also have a guest on the podcast. None other than the host of The Instance and the man that gave a frog a pair of pants. Scott Johnson, welcome! Oh, thanks. I'm so glad to be here and hanging with you guys, doing the thing you do, talking to stuff we, we talk. It's fantastic. <laughs> Scott Flippin' Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Hell yeah. It's it's even more believable the second time, the way he said it. <laughs> what is, <laughs> we, I was going to say the same thing. We need to know more about Scott Johnson, for those who don't know. There, there's a lot you don't know. Some of it I'm unwilling to ever say anywhere, but most of it, well, that's not true. I say everything about everything on my shows, but it's really good to be here. I like, uh, I like Belgian chocolate and that's what drove me here. So uh, exactly. Thanks again yeah. for that. It was amazing. No worries, man. No worries. Like, if, let me just uh, tell the people what, what happened. So I met Scott Johnson at BlizzCon and I told him like before I, I just even left, like, Scott, I'm going to be at BlizzCon. I want to meet you. I'm going to bring you some chocolate. So, uh. <laughs> Like, I think it was the day before BlizzCon and we were at the hotel. Yep. And then uh, we ran into each other and was like, dude, I don't have the chocolate right now, but I'm going to give it to you tomorrow. <laughs> Let's meet up tomorrow. And the next day I gave him like two bars of chocolate. And and that just, we, we kept running into each other. At a certain point I was thinking, I was saying to my girlfriend that he must think that we're following him because this is getting <laughs> really, really weird. Like we were standing at a boot where they, they had the Nerf guns. Yeah. It was up in the, was up just, in the community area the uh, yeah, fair. Exactly. Yeah. And I was just looking around like, okay, where are we going to next? Oh my God, Scott's here with his wife again. Like, hey guys, like <laughs> sixth time that we run into each other. Yeah. 30,000 people. And that was funny. I can't, I started, a, it was only the third time I started to wonder if perhaps I was being stalked, but no, <laughs> <laughs> it was never that. Uh, no, you guys, you guys couldn't have been nicer. You guys were super sweet and so was your chocolate and I loved it. And it was really nice to, to hang out and meet. I get this a lot where people, especially someone from another country will say, hey, I'm coming to BlizzCon we should meet up or we should hang out or whatever. And then I'll try really hard and they will try really hard. And because it's, you know, 60,000 people all trying to get around the place at once, it just becomes near impossible uh, to, to run into each other. I've, I've been there years where my brother-in-law was there with his nephew or my nephew, and I never saw them once uh, because it was just so hard to do it. But for some reason, you and I just kept running into each other and it was a exactly. it was weird. I think it's because like we're big Two uh, talk guys. I think we just stick out. It's oh, like, you can yeah. see you know, each other over the sea of people. That's it. Like, there's a lot of small people in the that's world. That's the story of not. my life. I did, everywhere <laughs> I go, this happens. I was in China once, and I'll tell you what. This is. Oh my god! It was an amazing trip, but uh, there was a point where I was on a bunch of subways and trains trying to get from one province to another. And at one point, it didn't really occur to me until I suddenly was standing up, and it just hit me. I can see over 
everybody's head here. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me you, you hit your head into like the top of a door. And it hit me. <laughs> no. The roof of the train. That would have been even cooler. I don't know any Chinese, Mandarin or otherwise. And so I couldn't read any signs. I had nobody there to help me. And I realized I'm in this sea of people whom A, I can see over. But if they look at me, I must look like a complete freak here. Like this must be just the weirdest thing they've ever seen. So Yeah, probably. Yeah, six foot four, man. It pays off somehow, somewhere. It just hasn't yet. It does. It does. Yeah. To be honest, like going to China is one of my dreams just to go there and rule over all these little people. Yeah. Like just start a cult or something. I don't know. There must be something that we can win from this by just being this tall. I'm sure they're just they're just waiting for a new idol to worship there and they're waiting for you to show up. And uh, he's already kind of tried with us. He makes us call him the overlord. So, wow. yeah, but yeah. they're all not small enough. That's the problem. I need smaller people in the crew. By the way, this is way more interesting than the queen. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> How dare yeah, exactly. you? <laughs> oh, it hurts. Scott. No, no, no. Let's just say, uh, change the topic before they start talking about tea again. Like the, fir the first take, that would got a little scary, to be honest. So let's just uh, move on to the news flash of the week. Welcome to this week's general news news flash. The biggest news this week is, of course, the announcement of the Lunar New Year event. It will start on Thursday 24th of January and run until February 18th. So far, no new skins have been revealed, but we have had previews for two new cosmetics in the Korean and English announcement trailers. Both Anna and Soldier seem to have new emotes or highlight intros for the event. Merchandise company Funko have announced a new line of soft toys in collaboration with Blizzard. The new Super Cute Plushies line will be available later in the year, and so far we've seen previews of Chibi Winston, Reaper, Roadhog, Sombra, and Tracer. The price tag and availability dates are currently unknown, but they are very cute. For the last week of the Anna Bastet Challenge, the Play Overwatch team surprised fans with a cute animated short. Created in collaboration with animator Delongu, the shot depicts Bastet, Anna, and Soldier fighting ratty crime lords on the Anubis maps with a pawsome twist. They're cats! I'm LP with your weekly esports news flash. XL2 releases Mangachu, Goliath, Logix, and Clone Man. But why? In efforts to call out for New Yorkers to try out for next season of Contenders. Now, is this a wise decision? It might be nutty. Sideshow's Overwatch League 2019 power rankings have come out. Nate Nanzer says the Overwatch League will be played on the current PTR patch with the Reaper buffs and the Diva nerfs. Will there be a chance we see goats? We don't know. Thank you for the updates, guys. Time for the round table. Every week we discuss a few topics that have been on our minds um, and that are Overwatch related. Uh, we do not want to hear about Hannah how you got your rainbow farting unicorn in Assassin's Creed. Why? I have a Pegasus maybe... now. <laughs> you have Pegasus now? Oh my yeah. God, what's... What? That's... Okay, we'll talk about that later. Let's just keep that for later. Uh, this week, I wanted to talk about our guest. We have Scott here on the podcast. So, Scott, I'm going to let you uh, just introduce yourself to, the, to our audience, please. Sure. You probably got a whole bunch of people who... A, don't know, and B, might not care. So let me see if I can fix that for him. <laughs> Scott Flippin' Johnson. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's an F. You could say F and you could say F and you only really means flippin', which is great. But um, anyway, so yeah, I'm Scott Johnson. It's very nice to be here. Uh, if, if people dig back into their old Warcraft memories, they might remember me from the instance, a show that still is going on uh, today. 
podcast I started back in early 2006, mainly because I couldn't find a, another wow show that I liked. No offense to any of those others. I think they're all gone now, so it's fine. <laughs> but uh, I did that purely because I just thought, well, I'll make a show. I'll make one that I want to hear instead of trying to find one that I can't seem to find. So uh, little did I know that would take off the way it did. It came came to be uh, uh, very popular very quickly, and I wasn't exactly prepared for it, but we decided to sort of ride that ride and have as much fun with it as possible. And as a result, it opened up all kinds of other doors and helped me grow my uh, my little fledgling podcast business into something where I could quit my full-time job back in 2009 and do it full-time. And that's what I've done since. I now host a myriad of shows, I think somewhere in the eight or nine total shows. They range yeah. from other gaming-focused shows to I have a daily morning show that I do every day. I have uh, shows that deal with film and all this sort of stuff. They're all categories. People are like, oh yeah, well, there's a million podcasts in those categories. But you know, some of which I started back in 09, 07, you know, late, the late aughts. Uh, and they were, that was still sort of new. So we felt pretty good about it. And now they're just part of this stable of things that I do. And that combined with a, a sort of fledgling illustration artist sort of side to the work I do, it makes up what I call Frog Pants Studios, which is my company name. And um, at the end of the day, though, it almost always comes back to, somehow it's always connected to Blizzard in a weird way. Like when I started playing those games in the early nineties, I, I had no idea that <laughs> my love for that stuff would one day uh, sprout into something that would become basically my job. But even further back than that, if you could find my eight year old self, go back in time and find, you know, this eight year old idiot kid. Uh, if you want to see what that kid looks like, by the way, is my Twitter uh, avatar is currently my eight year old self. Uh, <laughs> yeah, baseball. That was great. But, uh, it's uh, you want to go back and find that kid. All he cared about at that age was not baseball, uh, mind you. All he cared about was running around the house, making radio shows on a tape recorder that his mother gave him and drawing all the time. Those were his two passions. That's all so he cared you've not about. really moved on from that. No, I really yeah, haven't. Basically. Well, here's, here's what, here's what happened. I thought I was moving on. I became an adult. I went to college. I studied all this stuff. I was still studying art and that sort of thing, but I didn't think, you know, any of this was going to be a thing I could do for a job. Like, are you kidding me? It just sounded silly. And then that all changed in the early two thousands, even late nineties in some case, uh, parts of it for me. And uh, I realized, Oh my gosh, this is a thing I could do. And now I'm totally doing it. So if I could go back in time, I would scare that eight year old to death. Cause he'd be like, ah, stranger danger and run the other way. Right. <laughs> but if he would stop and just realize that I was his older self, he'd just be amazed that I'm actually, I somehow pulled it off and still did other things like, you know, I got three kids and, and I'm married and I've got a, you know, a, a car and a house, <laughs> you know, like normal everyday, like, okay, sure. You're doing okay. Kind of stuff. And still get to do my childhood uh, passions is just, it's pretty insane. So yeah, that's amazing. I, I don't normally like talking about myself, but that's it. That's me in a nutshell. And, and uh, if you, if you're at all interested in any of this stuff I just mentioned, especially the gaming side of stuff, which you probably are, if you're listening to Omnic, you probably want to go check it out at frogpants.com. There's a whole listing there and you can find out what shows may or may not appeal to you. Yeah. Can we get a sound clip? Scott Flippin yeah. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> We're just go. going to clip that and just, just make it a ringtone. I was going to say, if you keep download. that up, Lance, he's going to like start to need to hear it. And eventually Scott <laughs> will set it as his like text tone. 
So yeah, every no, time like, someone messages him, it'll be like, Scott flipping Johnson. Like, a, like, a, like an experimented on mouse who can't do anything unless the cheese is there. I'll yeah. The yes, that's it. Yeah. Or if you have a fight with your wife and she, you feel down, you just call to LP and it'll just say, Scott flipping Johnson. You'll say my name, so LP. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is getting weird again. Why does oh, you know what? Me? I should say something real quick about my wife. When she met you and your girlfriend... Yeah. Um, she couldn't stop saying nice things about you. That's the thing that amazes Aww. her most about my job is I think she's always surprised at the kind of people that build up around our, our little community. And I try to explain to her, well, there's a, you know, that's not me by any stretch. It's just, these are good people. And she says, yeah, but he's really nice. And I thought, well, yeah, I should probably tell him that. So just so you know, my wife is extremely complimentary and thought and you made a real impression on her so nice job all right thank you thank you for me i'm blushing now you cannot see it but you might sound <laughs> uh, you might hear it because i make a really weird sound when i start blushing if she's listening but, uh, nah, thank you yeah yeah thank you very much but um dude like the instance has been i've said it on previous podcasts and i said it to you but it's basically the reason that we have the omnic weekly like i was i i was doing the Omnic post, which is our big Instagram account, but I wanted to do something else. I really enjoyed the content that you bring every time. And I was like, we can do this too. And I just started talking with people in my crew and lo and behold, we're a year uh, beyond that. We started a year ago and, and we have you as a guest. So it's like full circle. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad we worked it out to get me on here. And people say this a lot, like, oh, we started our show because we heard your show or whatever. And it always throws me a little bit because in my mind, there are better examples to pay attention to out there than me. But I, I feel like, uh, I feel like I, I've had to learn how to accept that as the compliment that it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it, it's a real validation of what I do. Cause I'll be honest, you spend enough time doing this you and you do enough hours of, of content creation. At some point you, you kind of stand back and go, is this, am I still good at this? Is, is this good? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. who you, you become, you, you stopped having any kind of like subjective eye towards your own work sometimes. And sometimes that just means you need a little break from it or, or you just need to, you know, reset your expectations or whatever it is. So when I hear this sort of thing, it's, a, it's a very nice, um, little bit of backup to, to remind me that, Hey, you, you make a cool thing. It inspires other people to make cool things. They're inspiring others to make cool things. And this is a great loop to be in. So, you know, keep going. So, so I really appreciate that. That's extremely nice. Of you no to worries. Say. No worries. I think it's a, it's a beautiful cycle indeed. And I think you have a community around like surrounding you that, that really is um, amazing to see. Like if you just look at the reactions that people give on the shows or just the interaction that you have with, with, with people on Twitter, this shows that there's a lot of people that appreciate what you do. And you did it at a period, to, let's be honest, like we started now, like in 2018, but you've been doing this for 13 years. I don't want to be confronting you, but you've been doing that like in a, in a period of time where there wasn't, like you said yourself, that much good content or not that much good content at all, to be honest. Like, yeah, it was a, it was a kind of an early wild west time. And then I'll be honest, it still sort of is. And as we've seen stuff shift toward streaming and YouTube and other things, it's kind of diversified and changed and, you know, the focus is in weird places. I mean, I, I just have such a love for radio and the, and the medium of audio content that I've had to, you know, I've had to adjust and stream stuff and every show I do now is streamed live, but really the meat and potatoes and where the rubber meets the road for me, I can think of any other metaphors here, um, 
it, it all comes down to audio and good audio content. There's just something special about that. So yeah, at the time, my big thing was, um, and really if I go all the way back, it's like 99 was the first MP3 I made and put on a website. There was no podcasting yet. There were no RSS feeds, but it was a thing to do and people could download it and listen to it. And it was in video games, um, that show that I was working on then. But, you know, I look back at all that time and the one thing that's always been a consistent for me that I was absolutely adamant about was quality. Like it had to sound good. It mm-hmm. couldn't be crappy broom mics with horrible volume and can't hear one guy can hear the other guy. Okay. And then there's some weird buzzing. Nobody can explain. Like, I hate that. And it, that sounds like a weird little purely technical nitpick, but uh, I am proud of that. I'm proud of, you know, 13 plus years of smooth sailing and, and yeah, having it sound good yeah. to people and have listeners write in and say, you know, one of the things I love about your show is I can, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm listening to something that's being professionally made. And I am by no means, I didn't come into this a professional, but it was always a really important thing to me. And I think that helped like the content matters, what you say matters, who you interview matters, like that stuff matters. There's no question, but how you sound says a lot about how important it is to you, especially in this world of like, we're all separated by oceans sometimes. And we're, mm. you know, talking hey. over, <laughs> yeah, like right now. And you guys sound amazing. And that's, that's credit to the show. Like that's an important piece to the puzzle. I think a lot of people skip over because they think of it as just kind of rock and roll. Hey man, we're on the fringe making a, making a podcast and anybody can do it and just grab a mic and go. And, and I like that a lot of us have tried hard to bring it, you know, in line with the kind of quality you would expect from, you know, NPR or somebody like that. The next level. But I totally agree with you. Like, I don't know if you ever saw our Instagram account, but the the thing that was really important for me, I'm a graphic designer, so it needs to look good. And I, Anna can attest to I that. Can. can attest to that. <laughs> I can be a hard ass when it comes to like, they help me out with the posts. Um, they do the posts like for Omni Keysports. Uh, I'm not involved anymore and Hannah helps me out on on link post, but I can get really... Yeah, that, that's not without considerable training and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it is because you want to get to that level where you respect the content and you bring something to your audience that mm-hmm. is next level, that that will that will surprise them, that, that feels good, that feels professional. We're just a bunch of people. This is not my day job. That's not Hannah's day job. Well, for a it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Went because he's in the esports, but but he's special. So he's special. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on, what? <laughs> My favorite Bastion skin. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, well done. I would, I would, uh, I would just add to that by saying um, that's everything. Like putting yourself into this matters more than almost anything else. Like doing the instance as long as I have, it's never been about patch notes. It's never been about. Um, you know, why does my mage feel weird right now or any of that? Like none of that stuff matters that much. They can be part of the discussion and the, and the, and the whatever. But what this really is, is bringing yourself to bear on the subject and kind of be the surrogate for the listener as someone who can talk about the stuff that's going on, dissect it, pontificate about it a little bit, throw it around with other people and then put it out there for everybody else to sort of think about, comment on, come back with or whatever. And part of that is, is you're putting yourself naked and raw out there. You're not just an, an, a, 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 you know, moderating information. You are putting a piece of you yeah. 
in there. And I think podcasting is intrinsically and inherently a personal medium. Definitely. And I think that's the way it should be. It's, it's supposed to be that way. I'm not supposed to be some mystery man that's impossible to figure out. And you only hear this voice once in a while. I think that's a, yeah. a relic of the forties and fifties. Maybe um, this is more like, this is this guy. I feel like I know this guy. I feel like I know this girl. I know what they're saying. I either agree with them or I don't, wherever you may stand on the content, it doesn't really matter. The point is that you're creating this, this weird pseudo relationship that is actually meaningful, that actually has weight to it. And mm -hmm. I cannot recommend Preach. enough for people who are starting out before you do any of it, make sure your mindset is I'm going to put myself in this, not just what I'm reading, not just what I'm talking about, but I, my personality my loves, my wants, my hates, my desires, all of that stuff's going to be a part of this. And once you do that, listeners know, they know you're being honest. They know who, who you, you really are and they'll, you know, they'll glom onto it. It's, it's, you know, that's how you have to do it. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You have that click that you make. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask for some tips, but let, we've done that section. Okay. Uh <laughs> and if you're, if you're literally, wait, wait, when you said naked and raw, if it, if you meant that literally, Oh, Pete, hey, let on. me tell you something I got. <laughs> so this is the fun part about doing this for so long and having a, you know, a, a growing little following. OK, so it's a it's a per by the way. Are you just in your bathrobe right now? <laughs> is and that I, what you're going to tell us? <laughs> that's only semi naked, semi raw. But um, uh. <laughs> no, but like uh, like I, you know, some of us think all we want is like ninja level fame. You don't. I promise you, you don't. You don't want Jake Paul levels of fame. Mm -hmm. or Logan Paul levels of fame. Pick a, pick a Paul and one of those guys. Cringe and then go, no thanks. <laughs> Ninja on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> you want a nice, steady slope that is not about, it's never about the fame anyway, because who cares? At the end of the day, it's not going to matter. What matters is friendships and relationships, but you want a nice, steady slope, slow and steady wins the race kind of attitude. And uh, that way you can go in public and not get mobbed. And you can be, you can just like lounge around the mall. And once in a while, someone will come up and go, dude, I recognize your t-shirt. You host the instance. Oh, cool. I've been listening since <laughs> high school. Yeah. It's a bit, a bit, a, and then you've made a new friend and they go off the other way, but then a thousand more people in your way have no idea who you are. It's a beautiful place to be. And so when I say naked and raw, I just mean, just be, be your true self. Like I have some people who accuse me of not, of, of, What's the word? Not pretending, but they accuse me of, of when I'm on the air that I'm, I'm, that I'm not, how do, how do I put this? I talk about, oh, I've been married for all these years and we're happy and our kids are great and they've grown up real good. And, you know, all these things that I talk about that are of a personal nature, to some people that seems too hard to be possible. And I, it's hard for me to deal with that because I don't know how else to do it because I, it's really just me laid out like, here it is. Like this is me hundred percent and it's sort of a take it or leave it kind of situation. And um, my experience has been that that's the best way to communicate with your fans because your fans appreciate honesty and straightforwardness. Even in this time where everyone's trolling everybody and everyone's mad at everyone and everyone on Twitter wants to tear everybody down. There's actually so much of this sort of good community level grassroots level stuff happening um, that I'm, that's maybe the thing I'm most proud of. I just think community is everything. And it's, it's my, it's the one thing I didn't know was part of this when I started, but now I see it as just straight up essential. Yeah. But basically one day, nothing's going to matter, but the connections that you've built in life. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, sounds mo- it sounds maudlin and cheesy, but it's true. Like, <laughs> like it's totally true. Like at the end of all of this, whenever I'm done doing this, whenever that may be, hopefully it's far, far, far in the future because I really like doing it. You'll have to mm-hmm. pry it from my dead cold hands, basically. But when I'm done, <laughs> um, I, I suspect that it's the friendships and the relationships and the connections I made during this work that will matter. And that's it. And inspires others. Yeah. And it won't matter if I'm talking about, you know, it won't matter if Blizzard <laughs> splits from Activision or, or if, uh, I don't know, a million things could happen. If we I'm, ever see Diablo 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Like if Diablo 4 ever actually happens, and I firmly believe it will, by the way, but yeah. Um, when and whenever, you know, that sort of thing happens, does it, is it cool? Yes. Will we get a ton of views and likes and, and subscribes out of that? Yes. Uh, will it be a great time to talk about it? Absolutely. But what will matter in the aftermath? Probably not the game so much as it will the people I talked to, the fans who connected over it, the people I sat down with at a BlizzCon and laughed with. Like, that's all that's going to matter in the end. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's something they never can take away from you. Like anything can go wrong. That's something you learn the older you get. Like there's no certainties in life, but friendships, well, the good ones or the the relations. Oh yeah. When I was 18, I was a turd. So (laughs) you asked me when I was 18, I would have gone, ah, whatever old man. But yeah, things changed. A lovable turd. (laughs) Yeah, You need to stop visiting your younger self because you're going to get in trouble. I've seen movies about that. It always ends up bad. You're going to get your, like yourselves in trouble. All of I know everyone's like you could use your you could use your time traveling power to kill Hitler or something. Why do you spend all your time? <laughs> nope, bugging yourself, visiting myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, everybody has the thing. Yeah, that's yeah everyone's got to have their hobbies. You got to have your cooldown from all this. Yeah, <laughs> basically, basically, I'm always on cooldown. One thing I wanted to talk about, uh, talk to you about, by the way, like uh, that was my first BlizzCon this year. I'm going to talk about that a little later, but. One, that was one of the events that I wanted to do that was on my bucket list for a guy from Belgium that's that's a, a substantial investment and stuff like that. But one thing I wanted to do when I, uh, that was also on the bucket list was come to Nertacular. Mm. And then it stopped. Will it ever come back? I know you get that question a lot. But yeah, it's uh, so for just a quick recap of what that even is. Back in 07, I started a little fan get together movie watching group. Uh, and we called it Nerdtacular, but really it was just like locals getting together. I rented a movie theater. Uh, people bought really inexpensive tickets and that made us so we could rent the theater out. And we watched Spider-Man 3, unfortunately, but whatever. It's all we had at the time. It seemed like it'd be cool. That's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing Spider-Man. Anyway, so we did that and it really was awesome. And also some people came, somebody was there from France, uh, somebody else from like some weird part of the country here. And I just thought, well, they're insane. Why are they here? What is that about? Um but little did I know that that would even get bigger. So the next year we did it again. That time it was for the Dark Knight. That was a good movie. Um, so we got lucky there, and we doubled the capacity. And then that year we had I think twelve or thirteen people from out of the state come. And I thought, well, that's yeah. odd. Some Canadians showed up, and I was like, whoa. Uh, I'm like, just for a movie, this is really weird. And then did the same thing the next year. Did that same format, but kept growing it and doubling in size until 2010. And by that time we had like 200 people from wow out of town or out of the country. And I thought, well, this is getting weird. This isn't, we can't, this can't be the same thing from now on. It's crazy. So then we turned it into a convention, a little small convention, a two day thing from 2011 all the way up through 2017. 
And by the end there, it's, you know, it was still relatively small in terms of how many tickets we would sell, but we would rent out this big ski resort in the summer uh, where there's no snow and it's beautiful up there. And, and uh, we'd rent the whole thing out for a weekend and have like a thousand people come out there. Um, probably 900 of which are out of the country or out of the state. So that it, it very much became a non-local event. Uh, but anyway, we would do that for three days. Everybody would stay up there. We would have concert and music and uh, live shows for three days and um, all kinds of stuff. We did a magic show with Brian Brushwood once, which was fantastic. We did all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> and um, anyway, ran that all the way up through 2017. And then I decided it's going to take a little break because I'm just here to tell you, running a giant event on your own is a giant pain in the bum <laughs> and is super stressful and really tears all of your, your time apart during the year. Um, it would literally come to an end and then we would immediately be planning the next one. And it was just brutal. So it's on a bit of a hiatus, but there are rumors floating around Ooh. That, and, that in 2020, We'll have a new one, another one. And so you may be able to still kick that one off your bucket list, dude. And you got like a year to plan for it. So time to go. Time to go. Nice, nice. LP's entire future just collapsed in front of him because he's just gotten (laughs) into event planning full time. (laughs) Listen, man, it's so funny. That's pretty much how I started out with the Chaos Crew is we just started organizing little local events to host the Florida Mayhem versus X X team. And people Mm -hmm. showed up. And next thing you know, we just did our last event at the American Airlines where the Miami Heat play. Fans came out and, you know, we we're organizing more for the future of Overwatch League Season 2. Yeah. So. Yeah, before you know it, that stuff just sort of weirdly explodes. I mean, in our case, my favorite part, well, I think one of my favorite parts was we started getting really cool guests. We had Metzen in 2015, was probably my favorite year. Um, <laughs> he came awesome. out, stayed, we had a blast. He and I had already sort of been building a bit of a friendship and, he, he offered to come out there and it was amazing. Um, we, every year we had, uh, Russell Brower, the former music director at Blizzard. He would always come. He loved that, that show. So he'd always show up and we'd end up with, um, so the last one we had, uh, Greg street ghost crawler there, even though yeah, he's at riot yeah. now, he was, he was uh, nice enough to come and was part of some panels. And, um, it was, it just kind of became this cool place for those kinds of relationships to get even cooler for them to be at smaller events where they don't feel mobbed, you know, Chris could actually talk to some of these people and not feel like he was just being overwhelmed by thousands of people at once. And yeah, I know we, I, I miss a lot of that. Like we've, it's only been a year, so it's not been that long since we had our last one, but yeah, I, I am feeling the itch right now, a little bit of an itch to get some of that back. All right, cool. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, I only heard it over the podcast, but it sounded so, so cool. Like the guest you had and, so yeah, if it's happening in 2020, like the rumors say, I'm doing air quotes. You cannot see, but I'm doing air quotes. Um, <laughs> rumors. I'm going to be there. Yeah. All right. But um, you know what? Let's move on to the next topic because the reason that, that we have Scott here, well, one of the reasons or one of the things that I wanted to discuss with you was, of course, the whole, um, wow, Blizzard, the, the one company that binds us all. Everybody that's here on the podcast and that is listening, like you said before, the thing that brings us all together is, of course, Blizzard. So let me set it up with a short monologue. Um, enjoy. I might just uh, mispronounce a, w- a few words, so that's going to be fun. But uh, I've been a fan for a Blizzard fan forever. Like 
um, I think ever since the company started, like the first games, Warcraft, and, and I don't think I ever played uh, Vikings, but I've been a fan for a long, long time. And that company has always had a special place in my heart due to the, the products that they make. Like these games are really awesome. But also the people in that company. I could like Chris Madsen, for instance, he's so rock and roll. Um, you have Mike Morheim, who is more of a silent type. And you see these kind of people that you can see yourself in. Like they're just normal guys like us, which is the case with any game developer. But they felt really relatable for me. Mm-hmm. And the way that they interact with their fans is they had a, a special level of just communicating and being there, like these first parties where they released the expansions for uh, World of Warcraft, the crowds that came to it, the way they interacted with these people. That is the special sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, now they have been growing explosively ever since they released World of Warcraft. And that will always change a company and its culture. But they managed to keep that good guy culture thing going, that image. But um, So this year was my first BlizzCon. And after that opening ceremony, I was kind of disappointed. I was hoping to see Diablo 4 like everybody else. And then um, the conference, uh, the, the opening ceremony was over. And I was like, okay, it didn't happen. It, it will probably happen next year. And then I came into the crowd and I heard a lot of people talking. And by the time I got to my hotel room uh, that first evening, I noticed there was a bit of an uproar going on, which I really didn't notice. A lot of people were like, this is the worst BlizzCon I've had in ages. And for me, it was my first one. So I was there like, uh, guys, this is awesome. What are you complaining about? So, uh, and then I heard the the instance, you guys had that same um, opinion. I heard it throughout the community. Um, A lot of people seem to be upset, Uh, but Scott, how did you um, experience this BlizzCon? Like for someone that has been there for, I don't know, it's your eighth edition or 10th edition? Yeah, this is, I think, eighth or ninth, something like that. Yeah. Um, I wasn't upset as much as I was uh, feeling like this was just a strange year. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I, there, there, I mean, it also depends on who you talk to, but there've been other years where I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is the greatest event in the history of any kind of events. Um, but then there are moments that I've had in some of those that I would consider lesser events that were bigger than all of them combined. Like I, I really felt like the panel we did this year with the, um, with the, uh, the, the wow Q and a and our little trick with Metzen showing up and all of that turned out to be a high point. I mean, yeah. I'm biased of course, cause I was up there, but it's a high point no, no, for all these events for me. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it turns out that actual panel was a high point for this particular um, BlizzCon. And I think it, there's many factors at play here. Uh, one of the big factors is it's a company in transition. And I don't just mean Morheim stepping down or a couple of years before that, Metzen leaving or any of the other exits that have happened since then. Um if I were to put a finger on when things were starting to make a shift, I would say it was right around the time Titan was canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things about that we will never know in, internally in terms of the kind of internal conflict that created, yeah. uh, the kind of cultural clash it created. Um, I know some things, I don't know all of it, but I know enough to know that that was a bit of a turning point for the company. And even though they were able to scrape together parts of that and turn it into overwatch, which is a multi-billion dollar success for them and an incredible achievement internally. They felt very much like it, like Titan was, was a, was really a bad mark on their, on their, uh, uh, their time there. And they feel that way because they take a lot of pride in the stuff they do. And they, and they rarely 
be able to spend $150 million on something and then throw it away. Um, but also it may be the last time you ever see Blizzard actually do that. They're, they're, they're long known for canceling projects that just aren't working and, and losing whatever you lose and moving on to the next thing, whether it's this or Starcraft ghost or uh, Warcraft adventures, or you go back to a million other canceled projects that they've done. Well, not a million, but you know, plenty of them. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And, uh, I don't know that they'll ever do that again. Um, I think that they transition and you, you mentioned, you know, no company can go through the massive success of wow and not change culturally. And I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I think now we're starting to see the, the pain from it because a, you have, you know, your founder leaving, you have a huge part of the company's talent working on secret projects that by all accounts might all be mobile projects. Um, we don't know for sure, but much of it looks like mobile and they're doing that because they kind of have to. Um, they are, they are now transitioning into an industry that whether we like it or not is changing and they have to either be a part of that change or they're not going to see the money from it. And that means we'll get less out of the blizzard. We've always loved, including things that we core gamers prefer out of blizzard. I think we may even get less of those things if they miss that train. Now, some would say, oh, they've already missed it or they're already too late or blizzard is naturally slower because they polish everything perfectly before they even release it. That used to be a really strong point for them. It's still a strong point from the player perspective. And from my perspective, it's absolutely a strong point, but from a shareholder perspective, it's not, it's slow and means that you don't get the money when you want the money uh, or as much of it. And so they're late to the game on things like heroes of the storm, a game I love, but it's a little too late to do much you know, against things like league and things like Dota too. And I would argue that while they got really not lucky, but they did really well with overwatch. They also missed the, this, you know, the, the, at least the tip of the, um, battle or the battle Royale craze. And I'm not saying that blizzard should just shift to every possible wind. I'm just saying that as a shareholder, those guys are looking at that and then looking at Epic and looking at NetEase and looking at Tencent and looking at it, everybody raking in money based on trends happening sooner and just being more fluid about how quickly they take advantage of it. And then they look at Blizzard and go, well, maybe this old way doesn't work anymore. So I think there is a, 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 a there is that problem happening. And that is on top of an internal issue, which is all their games are a little long in the tooth right now. Mm-hmm. They haven't announced anything huge or new. They're in sort of a weird flux with Diablo 4, which we now know has been canceled twice and restarted twice. Uh, then they had that mobile announcement, which pissed everybody off. <laughs> uh, then they did a horrible job presenting it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's their big, if they, if they made any huge sins at the thing, it's how they presented that. It was just dumb. I mean, they, they just forgot who they were talking to is what happened. And so I think all of that combined is making things look really weird for Blizzard right now. I do not think this is the permanent state of Blizzard, though, any more than I thought it was in 2010 when they had nothing going on and it was the most boring BlizzCon ever. Um, It's just, it comes in waves. Right now they're in a down wave. They print money with Warcraft and other stuff. They are a big, viable company and they're not going anywhere. But we do probably have to check our expectations at the door when they're having a bit of a downturn because the upturn almost always comes out of these guys. Now, I could be proved wrong. In three years, the whole thing collapses, and I was and Scott was wrong the whole time. Very entirely possible, 
but I just don't think so. So you think it's just like growing pains at the moment then? Well, I think it's the result of growing pains. I think the growing pains happened and they muscled through them. And I think now they're left with, oh, shoot, what got us here is no longer the thing that will keep us here. <laughs> oh, goodness. My my sleeves no longer fit right. And we need to find yeah. new clothes. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. And, and to do that, sometimes that means you got to throw away old clothes. In this scenario, that means some people leave who aren't happy with the state of things. Some people retire because it's just time. Like if I'm Mark Mike Morheim, it's not just because I'm there 27 years and I'm tired. It's clearly because a lot of this stuff's coming to a head. And this, this changeover in leadership and all of that, that stuff's all coming with or without him. Um, I sometimes have the feeling that he didn't like some of the direction that that they were going from the Activision Blizzard management side and just said, you know what, 27 years, I'm good. Let's get out now yeah. while I can. And I don't think that means that he's getting off the ship before it sinks. I don't mean that. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, you can still quit while you're ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think yeah. it's, it has been a really uphill battle for him, to be honest, because they have always been that different company that does not follow the trends and does its own thing and really was really successful doing it. But I don't. I think it came, it came at a cost for people at his level because he was there, always trying to defend their vision towards these stakeholders. Towards I don't know if you hear the stories about Overwatch. It was if you hear Jeff talking about it. Uh, he did a, a panel last year, I think, where he explained it. It felt like uh, it went rather smoothly to convince Activision uh, about uh, doing Overwatch. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Kotek just said, like, just do it after he saw one screenshot and all that jazz. But I think most of the time it must have been a really uphill battle for him where he was, yeah, he was just tired after all these years. Yeah. Um, and and the, you just said it, like, in 2010, we had the same situation where they did not have any games lined up. But back then, I remembered that it was a bit of, there was... People were commenting. There was a, a smaller backlash, but now it just feels like everybody. Every I've seen memes going, passing by, while Bethesda and Blizzard are being lined up with the same kind of companies, like an EA. And I'm like, oh, yeah, guys, chill. Well, I mean, I mean, look at Bethesda. Bethesda is a really good example of of this change and this shift. They're trying to adjust as well. They're trying to figure out a way to live in the new world of microtransactions, multiplayer only, you know, like the wherever the trends may be, mobile for that matter. And in some ways, I think they've straddled some of that pretty well. Uh, the way they announced and handled the announcement of um, Elder Scrolls Blades, I think was actually handled really well um, because they didn't let it, they didn't blow it up to be more than it was. And they also didn't make it their big final announcement as if, and then pretend like everybody should be freaking out, excited about it. It's like the opposite of what they did with the Diablo immortal announcement. Um, that being said though, 76 has taken all kinds of heat. Mm -hmm. uh, that is to say fallout, not soldier. <laughs> Although he's taken all kinds of yeah, heat now yeah. too, but for different yeah, we reasons. Discussed that last week. That's, uh, yeah. that we, we discussed it really totally. That right? I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't talk to Metzen about that, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say what he said, but you guys yeah. would be surprised about, because it's his character. He created it in his teens. I remember that. And yeah. he had a very funny answer about it that I, 
Yeah, you said it on, on the instance this week. I was listening to the episode. The, the I think. gossip and the tease just... Yeah. yeah. Did I say it? I don't remember <laughs> if I said so. No, no, you didn't say it. You said you were going to check with him if it's okay that you say it, but you didn't. Yeah, uh, I still, it's not that big a deal and he'd probably be fine with it, but I just in case. a couple days. So. Yeah. Yeah, just in case. But anyway, it's a fascinating thing. Why The reason people think it happened, they're, as usual, the public doesn't know. Now, you could argue, actually, one of the problems with Blizzard is that they're very bad at communicating with the public. Um, and by bad, I mean, you know, Titan was talked about, but then didn't say a word and then suddenly it's canceled. Like yeah. people feel people more and more, even compared to like 2010, where Reddit wasn't as big a thing as it is now. True. You know, like there's so much has changed since then. Influencers became a thing. You know, it started to matter if a streamer didn't like your game and it actually affected sales like that's all new since 2010. So when you when you feel like the fervor is louder and more obnoxious now, I think that's we just have people with more bullhorns than we did in 2010. Yeah, true, true. That that doesn't well, for good or for ill. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I was going to say the same thing, but less fluidly. But uh, it makes sense. But on the other hand, something that I've been telling like people that asked me, uh, we're kind of spoiled if you think about it. Like Blizzard is this developer. We're all expecting new titles uh, every year. And I think they kind of did it to themselves. I don't know how it came to be that they don't have any titles for the next two years that will be coming out. But basically, this is a company that has about, I don't know, four or five IPs that... um, make really awesome games that talk to a big audience that have people invested in these stories, these lores, all all the stuff around it. How many developers can say the same thing? How many publishers can say the same thing that they do? Like they have so many beautiful products and we kind of are spoiled that way when it comes to Blizzard. Like our expectations are always really up high. Plus it's a double-edged sword, right? Because when we have the we have this relationship with blizzard and we feel like we are more invested as a result uh when things aren't going great or there's a down year or there's some controversy or whatever then we're all taking it very personally Mm -hmm. and i don't know how to get around that like that that that's a probably a good problem in the long run and the overarching photo picture of all of this but in the in the short term people use things like they're dead to me. They put a knife in my back this final time. Like they're, they're using terminology as if somebody came and murdered their family. (laughs) Like a nasty breakup. Yeah. It's not, I don't think it's fair, but I also understand it because you feel like it's personal. Like you said, nasty breakup was a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't know what the way around that is. Yeah. I think that, kind of behavior happens because we're also invested in Blizzard. Like, if we didn't really care as passionately about the company, we wouldn't feel so, like, betrayed almost? When things don't quite go how we want them, whether that feeling of betrayal is justified or not, strong reactions are going to come out of strong feelings. Mm -hmm. I think in the end it's going to be a good thing because I think it, it would be really sad Scott, you just said like you think that the whole incubator is mainly mobile projects. While I don't have a big issue with mobile, I think it it would water down the whole experience that we're used to from Blizzard. Well, it will. It will for anyone who thinks that that... I mean, it's always been my take on the Diablo Immortal thing. When they announced it, 
um, and having friends on that team, I know they were excited about this. They, they kind of have a different view internally about mobile. They, they love mobile over there mm-hmm. and they play a lot of mobile games. That's, it's almost like the early days when they were playing EverQuest and decided, Hey, we should make a game. They're having that feeling now of, Hey, we play a lot of Pokemon go. We play a lot of these other mobile games. We should make mobile games. So I think that's, what's happening there. Um, at least on the developer level, I think they're actually excited about this stuff. Uh, they, I think their messaging was wrong because they forgot they were talking to core gamers who are, who for whatever reason have put up a lot of walls between mobile and PC and console games as if there's some, you know, there's some impenetrable difference between the two gamers. I happen to be somebody who will dabble in mobile games here and there because I find some interesting stuff there. I think there's a, there's opportunities and it's, it's a glut of garbage, but once in a while (laughs) something will shine through. Yeah. And I'll, and I play it, uh, you know, up in the press room. And it's a good mobile game. Like it's a fun Diablo based mobile game. Is it the Diablo game I want ultimately? No. Will I play it? Most likely. Probably a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the minute four comes, you know, that's all I'm going to care about. Mm -hmm. Like, of course. So a lot of people think that that's me being too easy on Blizzard. I, I don't think so. I think it's just a matter of, I don't feel like they betrayed anybody. This isn't even the same team working on this this is just them saying well we're gonna make a crap ton of money china really wants this game so we're gonna make it and make a crap ton of money and in my head i go all right that makes sense let's have some of that money (laughs) to do the other stuff yeah basically why would i want them not to make money or not win in a space like that's just weird that we don't want them to succeed in a space where there is clearly money to be made in the games business no no i don't think it's it's good that they like i just like you, I played it in, in on the, the top floor there, and I was I have the same opinion. I played it; it was a Diablo game. Um, I enjoyed it. I think it will be good extra content. I will be playing it, but um, it's it's just I enjoy it because I know they will be doing other stuff like that. They see future in any other like a Diablo four on PC or uh, doesn't matter if you want to play console LP. It's okay for me, but <laughs> that's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm console man. But um. If they invest that money in anything that we want to do, I'm perfectly fine with it. But I think, yeah, a lot of people felt they were all waiting for that Diablo 4 logo. Everyone in that whole, in all the different rooms, the 60,000 people were sitting down and all the people at home were watching that screen and waiting for that last announcement. Like every year have that last (laughs) announcement, that, that one more thing moment that they have. And we were thinking like, okay, here it comes, here it comes here. I I think I was saying it to, to my girlfriend Really, literally, like, okay, now it comes. Here we go. And then it was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. snap. You know what I don't think helped with that? The e- at E3, Bethesda had released the um, Elder Scrolls trailer, which was literally just the camera panning a field for mm. maybe a few seconds yeah. and then a title screen. And I think yeah. people were like, even if we don't get any information about Diablo 4, we'll at least get something like that. And it's going to be really exciting and really cool. And then people didn't even get a logo and the hype was misplaced. Yeah. That's the thing that people are complaining about, which seems petty, but I actually think that I actually think that they did it right in that they knew their audience uh, at that Bethesda conference. Yeah. And they knew if they didn't do something after the blades announcement, they were going to be in trouble. And so literally a logo and a pan of who knows what that was even from some <laughs> pre-render from who knows what other project who knows what that was probably there's skyrim no game. <laughs> i guarantee you there's no game we know what they're working on over there there's no game right yet there will be but there's no game right now so all they had to do is say elder scrolls 6 good night 
<laughs> All we had to do was go <laughs> dark in the room, big giant flaming red four on the thing. Diablo going Rawr! done. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. night. Yeah. And they would have solved most of the problems. Now, part of me agrees with that. Part of me is pissed that we're that easy as people <laughs> because we would have seen that and gone. Oh yeah, yeah. That means there's okay, cool. They'll have this. They'll have this mobile thing for a while, but that's 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 okay because this is being made. But then part of me goes, well, yeah, they're just pandering to you because they know you need a little uh, carrot on the stick at the end. Like I'm kind of bugged that that we have that weird like. Well, if they would at least said something, I would have been okay. Well, we already know they're working on it. Do I really need the pomp and circumstance? Yeah, like that's more of a humanity question. Yeah, it, than is. It, is about that. <laughs> it is, and that's just where we are and where we work, especially as gamers. But do you think that the reason they did not do it is because of Titan? Because they were really scared that doing that again, setting those expectations, maybe we'll throw it away again next year. Well, I mean, I don't know why they didn't have those feelings when they did. I mean, you got to remember, Starcraft Ghost was highly anticipated. Looked like it was all coming together. In fact, had a full rendered intro sequence that was shown at E3 2005. They had playable versions at E3. That thing was ready to launch on that generation of consoles. This was right before the 360. And, and suddenly they pulled it. They just stopped. That was it. We're done. And they didn't have anything rise from that like the way Overwatch did. That just ended and they moved on to other projects. Um, again, 05 internet, very different than yeah. 20, you know, 15, 16 internet. But, uh, you know, the the fact that they'd done that, I, I, if it made them more skittish this time, maybe it's, maybe it's just because uh, Titan was huge and really was, people still have wounds from that internally. Mm-hmm. They still feel screwed by that rob pardo left in a huff you know now he's got his own company like there's a lot more there that we don't know the story about yeah and so Mm. maybe maybe just maybe that made him more skittish and that kotaku article did mention that that's maybe part of why they were a little nervous about that but for them to get up and say there's another diablo coming at some point is not a weird thing to say and even if it never did that's happened before too True. <laughs> with other companies. So it's not like this is the most unusual thing. I think they would have been safe saying, you know, Diablo will, will return and some cool, very short, very inexpensive 30 second moment. They could have done it. But then I'm still pissed that I'm that gullible. You know? <laughs> uh, but we would have been, been uh, up on our feet, clapping our hands and cheering for that 30 second clip all over the world. Like people watching at home and people would have forgotten about anything that happened with Overwatch <laughs> and what's Ash? Who's Bob? Diablo <laughs> 4. You're totally right. You're totally, yeah. Poor Bob would have been forgotten forever. But but no, we would, you're right. We would have done that and that would have helped them. That was they made a poor PR move. It was at their premier event where people spend a lot of money on tickets and stuff to come and they should know that audience better. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. didn't for that moment. Anyway, they didn't. I think that was a mistake. You could blame it on the transition. You could say, well, Mike's on his way out. What's his name on his way in. There's a lot of confusion and stuff. This show is a big pain to pull off. Um, there's some rumor that th- this very thing was planned on happening and they pulled it last second. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's true, I don't know. We've ever gotten confirmation for that, but yeah, I mean, I love Blizzard. I'm a total fanboy, but I think they blew that little bit. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, I, I think, think that's the, one of the things that the general consensus. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, one of the things that I read was that you know, like back in January in twenty, yeah, J- January twenty eighteen. 
Um, they were planning, and I think this has been confirmed that they were planning something Diablo 4 release, like based. And then they were mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is turning out to be a bit too big and we can't really get it ready in time. And then they didn't find anything to replace it. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. And, you know, <laughs> in the end, it everybody gets to armchair quarterback this thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> It's the Everybody's best part. got an opinion about it. I mean, I got my first ever, as long as I've been doing this, I got my first ever death threat. Oh, yeah, and it was, it, it was over this. It was over this stupid Diablo controversy. And the irony was I was, um, the person that was calling me out was calling me out for a thing that where I was being very critical of Blizzard and still he wanted to read it however he wanted to read it. And uh, he got booted for Twitter and, you know, all that stuff. And I, I mean, he was just being a freak and whatever. I, those guys are toothless, but but that was the first time that ever happened to me. And, you know, I didn't expect, you know, models to send me naked photos or anything, but I didn't expect somebody to send me a death threat either. <laughs> that would be a great expectation, by yeah. the way. Just I have had four of those over my uh, little career, four naked photos. Oh my God. Well, you're up four to one. I think you're winning, man. Yeah. Just one death threat, four photos. That's, that's the a best. Good the best thing about it is all four were sent in the assumption that I would get them and go, Ooh, look at this little secret thing now. <laughs> they'd have no idea who I am because as soon as I got like, I'll, I'll never forget <laughs> this is embarrassing, but, but I'm on the toilet ah. and I get a Snapchat from, I don't know who, but it's this naked fangirl. And I love the instance. I just wanted to send you this. Maybe you could send me one or whatever. First of all, it's probably, <laughs> a, it's probably a dude, you know, for all I know, some guy just yanking my chain or something. But anyway, I see it. And the very first thing I do, because I have seven seconds until this video is destroyed, because that's how Snapchat was working at the time. I just lean back and go, Cam, get in here. <laughs> great. You got to you gotta freaking see this. Get in here, get in here. She goes running in there. And it's like, there's only two seconds left. Look, someone sent me a naked photo. And we both laughed and. And that was the end of it. So yeah, you're still <laughs> sitting on the toilet, by the way, because that's where you started with, and people. Were oh yeah. Just <laughs> Perfect. Raw, 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 raw dog Johnson on the on the toilet looking at Snapchat. Oh yeah, but yeah, that's that's the change. That, like the, the death threat is just you know that's just the internet these days. People and their opinions and how serious they take them. It and it's just weird. Yeah. Well, he got his so. And he, and it, yeah, he did. every time I hear that stuff, I don't know, whatever. It's like a barking dog never bites kind of thing. That's how it mm-hmm. usually is with those guys. You worry about the quiet, weird ones that keep to themselves. Those are the exactly. ones you worry about. The ones you run into on Blizz come for four or six times. Yeah. The off chocolate. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I think it's about time. Like, for the people that are listening, I know we have not been talking too much about Overwatch. Um, it's a special episode. It's, it's fine. A special episode. It's a special guest. But uh, just, I think in the whole story, we, we, we don't know what is happening behind the screens. Uh, we'll have, we all have to wait, like I say, every time we have to mm-hmm. wait and see what, what the future will bring for Blizzard and for Overwatch, by the way. Because, yeah, like you said, Scott, Overwatch is also in that weird phase where there's nothing big happening. Yeah, so, that's it. I was going to mention this too. I think that uh, I, I, I really like... Um, the characters or the I say character because Bob may as well be a character, but I, I love what they showed there. I thought the uh, McCree thing was awesome. Like there's some co- really cool stuff happening with Overwatch, but it's in the same vein as Overwatch has been producing since its announcement. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that this will be a year, whether before or at BlizzCon or somehow during the year of 2019 where Blizzard really steps up and goes, okay, here's what's next for 
for Overwatch and it's and it's a big deal, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, single player, um, a larger world, um, a sequel even, or whatever whatever it is, I think that game deserves that. That world, those characters, they all deserve more than they're currently getting. And it's not to say what they're getting is bad. They're just kind of in a holding pattern right now. And I would love to see things really blow up for that game uh, past where it's at right now. That would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. We, we full heartedly agree. And yeah, since most of our, the things that we talk about are, is Overwatch. And I think I speak for everybody here. Well, except LP, he just wants it to be free, but most of our people are just, uh, are just, just esports, just esports. <laughs> we want to have esports. That. It's all esports. Yeah. That's all I, that's all I know. Yeah. All the, <laughs> just jump it. But all the, the others, the others on the team are really dead set on seeing that lore that single player, that more that well, the single player, the cap, the campaigns that tell stories. We want to know those stories. Yeah, and I also, you know, that game, that game did all kinds of things for me in terms of like, it's like whenever they do one of the holiday events, especially the first Halloween one, the Junkenstein thing. I remember going, oh, this is a taste of what that MMO might have felt like in any mm-hmm. given moment. Like this is like a strike or something in Destiny. Here we are, four or five of us taking on a challenge in a PVE way and skill matters and it's interesting and you kind of got a taste for it. It, I'm sure it was nothing like what Titan was eventually going to be by all accounts, but it was a taste of it. And since then that just hasn't been really expanded on, but it sure gave me a glimmer of hope. I was like, Oh, I see where you guys could go. You could really go somewhere with this. So we'll, I guess we'll just have to see if they do. You can do a blizzard. Yeah. We trust in you. Yeah. We you believe in you. We do. All right. <clears throat> Before we go, there's one thing that we need to do. Scott, maybe you have a good idea for a name. That's something we started last week. So LP always has a bit of a quiz, a question that he asks us. Uh, the previous edition was called LP's Peace, which sounds kind of weird. And then we made it LP's, but that doesn't <laughs> really, well. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. That's peace, not peas. Yeah, not yeah, peas, not sorry. mushy peas if you're in the UK. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm from Belgium. I have a good excuse for having a weird accent, guys. Come on. But uh, if you have any suggestions. But LP, do you have a, a piece for us? Of course. Of course I have a piece for everybody. Brace yourselves. I bring the piece. I'm like Zenyatta. You know, we. this is my favorite part to talk about, the Overwatch esports. All right, guys. I'm assuming we're all fans of Overwatch here. Mm-hmm. But I need to know what character you relate to the most and why. <laughs> Scott, you're the guest. Yeah, you go first. Oh you can gosh. go first. <laughs> um, Take the stage, Scott. I kind of love this question, but I also hate it. Had <laughs> never really thought about it. Um, I I think I think I probably relate to Junkrat the most. Oh boy. Oh, now, I, I don't mean that our personalities are the same by any stretch, but he, his style, his play style, his sort of anarchy <laughs> level <laughs> attitude, something about that appeals to me. I, I, well, whatever. If anyone's ever listened to any of my shows, you know that I am a passionate believer that the best movie in the last 15 years is Mad Max Mad Fury Max. Road. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it coming. So because Fury Road is so good. It just, it doesn't matter what you give me in a post-apocalyptic setting in a desert with dirty freaking weapons and freaky attitudes. Like I'm kind of all in. So (laughs) I think he's the guy. 
I, I like playing him too. I should mention I'm pretty good with him, but he, he just is such walking chaos <laughs> Yeah, that I, I just, I dig him and I always think of him when someone brings up Overwatch, I kind of go junk rat every time. He's a little psycho too. You used to have a, a podcast yourself about Overwatch that was called the Explosive Wheel or the Explosive Tire? You no, know, the, uh, the Exploding Tire. And yeah. It, yeah, you're right. It was based on that. And uh, it will be back as soon as Blizzard gives me a little more to work with. Uh, the only reason I put, put it on hold is I went, wait a minute, am I just going to be talking about East, uh, uh, Overwatch League all year? And I went, oh boy, I got I got to rethink this thing. So I kind of <laughs> put it on hold. Because uh, the esports stuff is less interesting to me overall. I mean, I'm into it, but I, you know, not going to, to me, there's not as much to talk about for uh, for what I, the kind of shows I do. So I kind of held off, but yeah, I'd love to get back to it. And my logo was a, I drew a picture of that tire all in silhouette and everything, man. He's the bomb. So bomb. just chucking grenades and going yeah. to town. That guy rules. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hannah, what's your answer? What's your, I think I know, but. Well, uh, it's, yeah, I guess for me it would be mercy, and it feels really yeah. kind of weird. But um, I always like to kind of try and kind of take people under my wing, and I fuss everyone a lot. So kind of going into a support role, it always feels very easy and natural. Um, but I also have the sass, and I also have the darker sense of humor, which really comes out in some of Mercy's voice lines. <laughs> oh. So... We know which ones. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a couple where I've been like, oh, you know, Mercy could really use this line because it really kind of shows how I feel in this moment. And then it comes out, you know, like things like I'm not a miracle worker and <laughs> where she's telling people to kind of deal with it themselves and <laughs> that's yeah. Hannah but still healing them anyway <laughs> it's a really great fit yeah. she's the, the mother of the crew like yeah but she can be sassy yeah oh, I love her she's awesome <laughs> I well whatever she gets nerfed every five minutes so I shouldn't love her but I still do oh yeah yeah she has her moments where she gets nerfed and then they'll buff her a little bit and then nerf her yeah. twice as hard I love I love being I love being Lu- Lucio as a side note but I Never feel like anybody on my team wants me to be him. <laughs> yeah, I love playing Lucio, but I don't feel like Lucio. I love playing, it's my main, it's, it will always be my main, even if I play more Mora than I do Lucio right now. But yeah. when I have to compare myself to a character, I think it's 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 going to be rather stereotypical, but it's Reinhardt, like my funny accent for once. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Then the, the fact that it's a really big man, but on the other hand, he's really friendly. The kooky old man humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the, exactly. I have the Soldier 76 humor, but uh, the dad jokes. That, the dad jokes. <laughs> I look really big, but I'm, that's what people tell me. You're a softie, really. <laughs> softie inside. But I can get my, I have my moments that I just charge off <laughs> and, um, and do not always keep my shield up. So that basically uh, makes me a, a really good Reinhardt, I guess. LP. Yeah. What's yours, man? I would say you have like a Torbjorn-esque personality too, just mixed with Reinhardt, like if they had a love child. <laughs> that's what was, you. What's my Torbjorn-esque uh, side? Just down. the Viking, just the Viking aspect. Oh, yeah, oh and you, you yell about um, the Omnic Post like Torbjorn yells about his turrets. <laughs> the crankiness. Your victory pose is you hugging the Instagram account. Like. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. That is. It's my um, baby. I would have to go, well, I know you guys would say that 
my my cheery personality was is like Lucio, and I would say I relate to Lucio very much so. Yeah. But uh, I feel like there's just parts of me that I, I have to relate to Sombra because like when she gets that hack off on such a key target, I just love ruining people's fun. Like that hack ability, I, I have to have some correlation of Sombra in there just because if, you, if I, you catch me and I catch you, you're done. Yeah, she is. No your, fun like, for you. She's your inner troll. Yeah, my inner troll. And then like, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your, your happy friendship is Lucio and then just. Your mischief is sombra. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. All right, uh, and I guess that's it for today. Scott, thank you very much. But I'm going to just wait. Let me just start off by telling people that we'll be back next week with a, a normal episode where there's no guest, but we'll have plenty of t- stuff to talk about. With like uh, Hannah told us, the lunar event is starting uh, this week, so next week we'll have a big lunar episode. Scott, where can people find you? Uh, well, I Instagram and I are having a fight right now. So oh no! They're, there. <laughs> they're being they're being real poops about getting me back into my account. But uh, no, I uh, thanks for having me. By the way, first of all, second of all, it went way too fast. Uh, I could hang out with you guys all the time. Yay! Third of always all, welcome, always welcome. Always welcome to come back. Third of all, I know a lot of people from Florida. Easily. Hey. The most uh, agreeable, nice person from Florida I've talked to in months. So well done there. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, you're welcome to Florida anytime. All right. Yeah. It's cool. It's America's wing. I like it there. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I like this guy already. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I, I like Orlando a lot. There's places I'd love to go in Florida. Um, Pensacola is cool. So anyway, all of that being said, um, if people are looking for any of the tomfoolery I'm up to, it's easy to find. You can find me at frogpants.com and that'll list all of the podcast stuff, all the art stuff, everything that's connected there. Um, if you uh, at all dig what I'm doing on the instance, you might find another show or two that that jumps out at you as well. So give that stuff a check. And you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Scott Johnson. And again, thanks for having me. I think this was this is one of my more fun guest spots. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you very much. I enjoy. Uh, um, you're always welcome. By the way, if people, if you want to, you're a really cool show. Like you have the instance, but the morning show, that's something I listen to at work because by that time I'm going, to, I'm ready to sign off. I'm almost ready to go home. And then I just mm-hmm. put on Twitch and listen to you, you guys talking. So that's a, a really good. It lulls me to sleep. Mm, put your right to bed. In the morning. I'm glad I make people sleep. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, and to all credit due though, Bob Ross, you know, his, his show is pretty famous because it helped people, you know, have a tranquil yeah, sleep. Yeah, makes them chill out. He's the yeah. original a- ASMR. Exactly. So, yeah, if you if you let, if you think uh, fart jokes and loud noises are your ASMR, come check out the podcast yes. at frogpants.com. Yes. And I'm LP to the knee. You can find me at Twitter, <laughs> at Lons Ponds. And, yeah. uh, you know, don't follow me on Instagram. You don't want to go there. <laughs> Hannah, where can people find you? You can find me at Hannah McManor on Instagram and Twitter. All right. And make sure to check out our Instagram account, the Omnic Post and Omnic Esport, if you're on uh, into esports and the whole Overwatch League. Um, join us on Twitch for our daily streams. And, and yeah, we're doing a giveaway right now on Twitch. So make sure to check in. Thank you all for listening and sticking around until the end. You guys rock. Help us out by giving us a nice review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you are listening. And make sure to subscribe. We hope to see you all back next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Scott Flippin' Johns. <laughs> yeah.